Welcome to the Staying Golden Podcast, where we'll be catching up with Laurier alumni to give the Laurier community a glimpse of what the future may hold after graduation. We would like to acknowledge that Wilfrid Laurier University and its campuses are located on the Haldeman Track, traditional territory of the Neutral, Anishinaabe, and Haudenosaunee peoples. Welcome to another installment of the Staying Golden Podcast. Today I'm here with Simon Moreau-Rogers, who graduated from Laurier's Waterloo campus in 2004 and is currently working as a program coordinator and instructor at Fanshawe, an instructor at Western, as well as running her own consultation and coaching business on the side. So Simon, it's really great to have you with us here today. And how are you doing? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. That's great to hear. So before we get into all the career and, and school talk, I'm interested to learn a little more about you. So what would you say you typically do to unwind or relax? Oh, nice. Um, well, I absolutely love to do a couple things. One is to read a great book. I love reading, so I read a lot of nonfiction and fiction books, um, and I love to wind down my day like that. Um, the other thing is I love to be outside in nature, so taking walks, going and um, going running, and jumping on my bike. So those are some ways that I kind of relax and, and have some downtime and spending, you know, just some family fun um, with my with my fam jam. Absolutely, and yeah, definitely important to get out these days. Um, what's a good book you've read lately? Oh, putting me on the spot. Um, a great book. Uh, right now I am reading the soul of money, which I think is so interesting. Um, you know, the book that really stands out to me right at the moment is uh, untamed by Glenn Doyle. I read that last year and it just spoke to my heart and my soul. It was all about really finding that inner light that everybody has and just leaning into your intuition and unshedding some of those old beliefs and what we think we should be doing. So I found that that book was really, really good, really resonated with me. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing. Um, so moving on to your school experience and the time you spent at Laurier, I'm first curious about what led you to choose Laurier. Oh, so good. Okay, so I absolutely love thinking about when I first selected Laurier and why I selected it. So a couple things. I grew up in a really small town and um, graduated from a very small high school. I think back in, I took, I was like one of the last people who took grade 13. So I'm really dating myself right now. Um, And I think we graduated with like 20 people in our graduating class. So I loved Lori because it had that small campus feel. So I remember going and taking my campus tour to this day and just having an exceptional outgoing individual that took 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 us on the tour, showed us all the ins and outs, talked about the culture and the community and really this like connected vibe and when I was on campus I felt that so on and that's what drew me there was the reputation the small campus the community feel and how involved everybody was on really like a higher conscious level of trying to do good in the community and that was something i wanted to be part of absolutely so when you did enter that community eventually what kind of extracurriculars did you end up taking a part of 
Oh, I, I, I took advantage of a lot, actually. Um, my very first year, you know, Frosh Week was such an amazing introduction into Laurier life and really Laurier culture, right? There's just this vibe on campus that you just can't help but start to drink the Kool-Aid because, you know, you start to, you get right in and you get integrated right away. And my very first year, I um, got involved with a lot of extracurriculars. So I got involved with Bacchus and I got involved with Foot Patrol and the literacy program at, um, at uh, Laurier my very first year and then from there fell in love with Foot Patrol and Bacchus ended up taking on more leadership roles in Bacchus coordinated Bacchus in my third year and um, still being involved in a variety of different ways and then my very last year you know because of my passion and my you know love for all things Laurier and the community that Laurier was, I ended up taking on the VP of student services role in my fourth year and um, got to lead an exceptional team of leaders and an exceptional team of volunteers to provide service to our community and um, really helping engage more people in loving Laurier, but also more importantly, um, supporting each other in the, in the journey. So I will say that I got super involved and I will tell you it was the best damn decision I made because I created such incredible relationships and it really provided me the foundation uh, that would allow me to really explore my own journey after I left Laurier and have the career that I have now. So when going into school, did you know that this is the career you wanted? Were you interested in teaching uh, from a younger age or is this something that kind of developed? Okay, so I think it's kind of funny because it's almost like a full circle moment. And I think that, you know, when you're young, I think it's so important. And I say this to my students all the time. It's so important to take new opportunities and take that risk, right? Because you sometimes don't know what you don't know. And I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure, um, you know, to have the answers figured out. But the truth is, we're always just growing and evolving as humans. And because of that, our journey evolves as we go. And I think the more that we embrace that evolution and that transformation that each of us have, the more open we are to allowing, you know, new opportunities to come our way. So I say that because when I left, you know, when I left, you know, OAC, grade 13 and went into university all I knew was what I knew at that time and coming from a really small rural school right with a not very much we just had the options of like sort of the basics um, right so we had you know you took your math you took your science you took you know phys ed you had English right we didn't have extra programs we didn't have extra courses to choose from unlike now where you know you have different opportunities so when I left there, my thought was, I think I'm going to become a teacher. So I went into Laurier thinking that, and I actually majored in arts, but I took like the business option at Laurier because I knew I also was really interested in learning more about business, but didn't know a lot about, didn't know if it was going to be a great fit. And lo and behold, I found out all about this field of work in business called marketing and I just thought this is amazing this fits all of my strengths you know my creativity my innovation uh, my problem solving um, this ability to communicate really well like I just it was able I was able to find a spot and I remember thinking people get paid to do this 
for a living. Like you get paid to create marketing campaigns and host events and connect and build relationships with, you know, clients. I was like, sign me up. So I say that because you only know what you know. And if you aren't learning and growing and expanding your horizons, you're not able to expose yourself to new things. So I actually went into, right after I graduated, went into the field of sales and marketing. And that was not what I was planning to do when I entered Laurier, but it was the best thing for me because as I got into that career, well, and over my past 15 years, I've always had the element of teaching and serving as part of being a marketing professional. And I think that has served me so well. And so that enthusiasm and that passion that I have for, you know, what I do day in and day out. Now I have the ability to now teach the next generation as they go into their careers. And I think that's very much an honor in terms of what I do. That's awesome. And yeah, I can totally relate to that as someone who's really enjoyed my marketing co-ops and the design creative aspects of it. It's amazing that I'm getting paid for it. Right? So <laughs> fun. I love it. I love this work so much. So what do you think were some of your best memories from your Laurier days? Well, you know what? I there are so there are so many memories at Laurier and I think that you have different memories depending on where you are in your life and what you're doing. Um, and to be honest, I, I just get so giddy when I even think about my experience. Um, you know, in the four years that I had there, because I just think about how much I grew as an individual. And this is another full circle moment. My niece, Emma Rogers, shout out to her as first year at Laurier right now. And I can't tell you how excited I was when she started to look at universities. Um, I, I could barely contain myself with telling her about how fabulous Laurier was. And when she said that she selected Laurier as her place, I, you know, beyond excited my sister went there as well i swear i i just love talking about it i also did some recruitment for Lori afterwards because you know what enthusiasm is contagious and when you love something so much you got to share it with the world right so um but there are so many great memories so obviously all the incredible memories i had with the extracurriculars um you know i think back about um you know, the, the friends that I got to meet and the opportunities we had and, you know, meeting up with my friends to dance at the turret on a Thursday or Saturday night or going to Wilfs to meet up for a drink or grab a lunch in between classes, right? There were so many opportunities. There were so many places of connections. It was, it was beyond exciting. But, you know, some of the things that really popped up when I was thinking about this question is that also kind of where I was at Laurier during really big moments of our history. And this is like, I, I still remember to this day, and I think this is, you know, when the Twin Towers of September 11th, the attacks that happened in New York City, I remember exactly where I was when I saw that. I was walking through the Walusu concourse and they had, I don't know if this is still the case, but they used to have like a huge screen, um, always streaming like CNN and the news, CNN, CNN was on and I just remember stopping. We were all just quiet watching this for, you know, 10, 15 minutes and I just remember that moment. When I was on the student union leadership team, we went to New York City for a conference and the blackout of 2003 happened and we were in downtown New York and helicopters were flying in and there were thousands of people walking the streets of New York City and you know, it's just so 
crazy to think about sometimes our memories and what happens in history. But on a personal note, I will always remember also the great uh, being on stage for Frosh Week as the um, you know VPS Student Services and welcoming all the Frosh and all the first year and just just the passion and the energy in the room and the excitement for what was to come for everyone and i just being in that moment like i wish i could just have taken a better picture and captured that moment for myself because it was pretty incredible wow yeah those are some great memories and i think i definitely understand what you're saying like i will never forget kind of that weekend where they're like don't come into school on monday and now we're at the you know two years into this pandemic it's uh weird to think how yeah these things fit into history i'm with you and you know and even just yes exactly like where are you you're gonna look back at this in 10 years and you're gonna be like oh my goodness i finished my degree during the pandemic and i think about my own students right now as i am uh you know a full-time faculty member at fanshawe teaching marketing and you know, I th feel for that for my students. I have students who ha are completing their, you know, grad certs or their diplomas, and they've never stepped on campus, right? And that experience that you get both in person and online, so very different. So moving on to kind of early in your career, um, you've spoken already about how you uh, were an arts major who ended up more in the business world. So how did you get to secure that first marketing job? And you were working with Desire to Learn, I believe? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, you know what? Right before, so I did some, I did recruiting for Laurier right after um, I finished my degree and did that. And I, and the contract was like four months. And then after that, I actually um, started a job at a very small tech company in Waterloo. Um, it was like a six month inside sales job. I, and I thought, oh, okay, this will be just a great get my feet wet. And I will say something to you because because I feel like a lot of new grads, sometimes they, sometimes we need to have the opportunity to understand the business more and having that inside sales job was probably the best experience because it allowed me to better understand the product and the service and the clients that I was serving. So when I did get into a marketing job, which was six months later because the company got bought out and I transitioned right from that job right into Desire to Learn, which is a learning management software system. And you know, I don't know if Laurier uses Desire to Learn now to operate their online education, but I use it every single day. Um, um, and you know, it really allowed me to better understand how the marketing team supports the sales team and how the whole business needs to work together. So, um, in terms of that, that was, that was excellent. So how did I secure that? You know what? I secured that just by pure, you know, determination and resiliency. And it took a couple of months. Um, you know, it took me a couple of months to get into that first job. And I think once you land that first job, it's so much easier to transition into the next. And I always tell my students, you know what? You want to find the right fit. Not only the company wants to find the right fit, but you want to find the right fit for yourself. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time. So really understanding what that looks like is a great thing for both you and the next job that you're going into. Got it. And now moving on from that, I'm interested in your time at Sagecom. So you were managing brands there. I'm curious kind of 
Um, can you talk about that agency life and that, that time spent there as well as what kind of brands you were working with and, and what it's like building a brand for all these different companies? Yes, it was super fun. Um, so I ended up um, going into some agency work, which was an amazing experience because that agency work really allowed me to interact with different different brands, but then also with different projects within that. And I think agency life really is, it's super fast paced. You're always problem solving. You're always meeting the customer where they are, and you're also trying to move them and get results for them. So I really love the fast place environment and the highly creative environment. Um, and so one of the things that that I found with having that opportunity in terms of like agency life overall was that we got to work with so many different clients and we worked with a lot of larger not-for-profit clients um, such as like the YMCA and I think having that opportunity to go into and work for business to consumer from business to business to you know working with not-for-profits actually really strengthens your muscles as a marketer because you know you take the foundations of marketing and then you apply them based on coming in and out of you know different industries understanding different companies and understanding how to connect with your customers and I think that that's really important um, and the the basis of a brand is so important because it's all about how you tell your story but more importantly how do your clients tell your story for you so how are you making those connections communicating effectively and I loved that creativity and that opportunity to creates things from scratch is probably the best thing about marketing and the thing that I always resonate with is how building programs and building campaigns and building brands right from the ground up is probably my most favorite thing. So what, what kind of brands did you work with at Sagecom and were there any that stood out to you or uh, any campaigns that you worked on that stood out to you? Yeah, yeah. No, the one that I had just sort of mentioned before was I loved working for the YMCA. I feel like, um, I'm a very values-based individual, so having those connections with companies that are very strong in their values and their purpose and how they're driven is amazing. And you know, we did a variety of different um, campaigns that were really focused on cost-based marketing, right? How are we communicating the cause and the brand in a way that resonates with that other audience? And I, you know, the power of really great marketing is that you find those really important insights into influencing that that opportunity, right? Influencing a different mindset, having people look at something and understand them in a little bit different way. And we were able to create some big impact, you know, in the London area and for different um, YMCAs across, you know what, across, across the nation and some great work with really incredible people. So um, that's always a great thing as well. So moving on to your career and more as an instructor, uh, could you walk me through your journey from leaving Desire to Learn to teaching at Fanshawe and how that opportunity kind of presented itself? Or... Yeah, um, well, I was at, you know, one of the things that I loved working at Desire to Learn was that it was in the education industry. And I am such a big believer in education and um, offering 
educate and people really honing in on learning more understanding and growing their capacity so i um when i left desire to learn i actually came to fanshawe and i had the opportunity to start teaching part-time and i found an opportunity to do some workshops and really fell in love with teaching um, and really fell in love with breaking down sometimes those high level concepts and making them less overwhelming and more simple for the people who are in the room. And so I started with small workshops and then I started to work into teaching um, part-time both at Western and at Fanshawe as I still had my full-time gig, but that was really truly just a passion for me. And I just started to hone in on my expertise as it relates to you know what I love doing and teaching and how I can become more effective in my teaching. And that at, over time led me to gaining this opportunity to work full-time as a tenured professor. So pretty exciting. So moving more into your work as a professor, I'm curious about what different courses you've taught at Fanshawe and Western and if you have a favorite course to teach. Oh, great question. I have taught a lot of marketing courses, um, both at Fanshawe and Western, and I teach a lot at Western. I teach a marketing foundations course and a marketing strategy and planning course. And at Fanshawe, I manage two grad cert programs that we have, and I teach in both of those programs. So I teach um, our customer experience course, our customer relationship management course, marketing communications, and digital marketing. So, um, you know, I love all of these courses um, and, you know, I try to make them as interactive and applied and hands-on as possible so the students really feel like they're gaining, um, you know, an experience of what it's going to be like when they would step into the workplace. Um, and my favorite to teach is so hard, but I do love the marketing strategy and planning and I love my customer relationship marketing marketing um, class. But yeah, like the more the big picture stuff, I guess. I'm curious. So I've had a lot of discussions with my fellow students about the challenges of online school and how it's so different from doing things in person. I'm curious in hearing the other perspective, what are the biggest challenges of trying to teach online? Yeah, well, you know what? I'm curious. What, what do you find that is your biggest challenge as being a student? Um, I would say just communication breakdowns here and there. Um, with my computer science program, I have a few math courses that I find to be a little more difficult and just having those online as opposed to being in a classroom where I can raise my hand and ask a question if I'm confused. It, it's, it's a lot more conducive to good learning, I would say. So that's probably my biggest struggle personally. Your biggest struggle? That's totally fair. And I think it's, it's very similar, I think, on our end as well. I think the biggest challenge for me is like, how, how do I engage my online learners? Because most of my students don't put on their screen. So usually I'm the only one with my video on, everyone else has their video off, which I appreciate. Sometimes I teach 8 a.m. on, you know, both Monday and Wednesday morning. It's early, like I get it. You're probably in your jammies, but you know, that is a big challenge is how do you get engagement from your students and also ensure that they are understanding the concepts, right? And making sure that you make that experience as interactive as possible. I mean, at college in a grad cert we do a lot of applied work we're working in this technology and software we're doing a lot of design thinking principles and hands-on activities and we're really doing small group work 
in class, right? Um, and so it's it is sometimes challenging to have like such a fulsome discussion and really being able to have a variety of different interests because some people just decide not to participate that way. So that's probably the biggest challenge is creating that online environment. And I think over the pandemic, I you know as a professor and as a teacher, I think that I've really had to look at new opportunities and new ways to engage my students in that way and on that platform. Got it. And just out of curiosity, are you guys going back into person anytime soon or? We aren't at the moment, which is sort of sad. Um, but we do have a very small summer intake. Um, and so we are looking to keep that online because we, we, um, serve a lot of international students as well but we are looking to go back in fall of 2022 so that's going to be exciting so a couple more months and i'll be back in the classroom that's great to hear and does your job as a program coordinator also come along with navigating the pandemic are you uh, working to kind of in a more general sense make the program more accessible or are you working on that? Yes, absolutely. I think the pandemic has really shifted and shown that, you know, we um, are all looking for different ways to, you know, receive knowledge or update skills and do it in a different way. So Fanshawe has actually shifted in a variety of ways. So for the programs as a program coordinator, one of the needs that I quickly saw for the program was the need to have more online, fully online and part-time options because we just started and doing that maybe quicker than we normally do. And I think we're seeing the importance of, you know, having a variety and learning styles. Some people really excel so well in an online environment because they can just fit it into their life. They have, they might be working, they might have a family, like they can fit that in versus having a schedule where other people really gravitate towards that. Like in the classroom, they want to be learning face to face, you know, meeting people doing that and that works for them. And so I think having more options that can allow students the opportunity to grow and learn the way that they best that best serves them is really important. And I think we're starting to see that as it relates to offering new opportunities and smaller smaller bite-sized opportunities for smaller learning. Micro credentials is something that's really big that we've been rolling out across the college as well. Totally. So do you see these changes being implemented kind of long term and, and staying beyond like in a post pandemic world? Yes, 100%. I do. I think that we're going to see a big shift in the landscape of education um, <clears throat> in terms of like the knowledge that we have access to and then the knowledge that we want to get credentialed from, right, um, from a credentialed university or college. And that's really important. And we are seeing a shift in learning for the working, you know, the working professional. A working executive, somebody who wants to, you know, has an area but wants to learn a little bit more about something else. And we're seeing smaller, um, we're seeing smaller courses being designed for that. So we're seeing four to six week courses being de designed both at Western and at Fanshawe to fit more of that working lifestyle. So let's say you're, you know, you've been in mark, maybe you've been in sales, but you want to learn how to become a digital marketer because you think that that social selling piece is really going to help support you in your career so you can come back and take all these micro credentials and they are badge credentials like badge education um, and they you can put them on your LinkedIn and they but they're from accredited institution and it allows you to up really up level your skills in a really efficient way absolutely yeah um, and something now I'm interested in I want to shift gears again here is the coaching that you do um, 
So it's life and business coaching, and I understand you do both private sessions and you do group work. So I'm curious, uh, first of all, kind of what you do more of. Is it more the one-on-one training sessions, or are you more working with businesses, working with teams? Yeah, I'm finding right now it's shifting really to this one-on-one container where I work with, you know, a consultant or a coach who, you know, marketing isn't what they know, right? That's not their area of genius. And so I really lean in and work with them on how they want to market their business, how they want to make connections with their clients, um, and then also how they can go about with a much more authentic kind of approach to marketing and sales overall. Absolutely. And is this kind of the first entrepreneurial type project you've worked on or have you done other things like this in the past? Yeah, well, you know what? I this was this is really really my first time. I did do a little consulting um you know, 10 years ago on the side like just projects came my way. I said yes, but it wasn't like I was really starting my own business. Um and now I am leaning into uh, really starting this business on the side. So that's kind of fun. It's been exciting and I do love that kind of ground swell of you know starting something new it's it's pretty pretty fun yeah that's amazing and definitely a really exciting time so how do you manage the challenges of running this business while you're also teaching full-time at two different universities yeah um great question it is definitely oh you know what it really ebbs and flows that is the truth some weeks i think it's really manageable and then life happens and um, my kids are sick or you know something happens at work and then i think oh this is a lot all over the place um but for the most part though i think that that is life life is this beautiful blend of 50 50 and we just kind of have to ebb and flow with what we have but you know i think that you know i'm pretty passionate about um helping others really fulfill their greatest potential and so i look at that as you know a professor and a program coordinator in an education institution how can i get my students to be the best version of themselves and i love that in my coaching business where i'm able to work one-on-one with you know entrepreneurs and coaches and create the an online business that helps them meet the needs of their families but also really sparks that 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 like excitement inside themselves and there is nothing better than seeing somebody reach their goals or do the thing that they want to do and believe a little bit more in themselves it honestly brings me so much joy yeah i'm sure that must be a really cool process seeing people grow and uh, learn i'm just curious about what kind of issues your clients are bringing you when they come to a marketing session are they asking questions are there bigger projects that you're working on or what's a typical session kind of like yeah, it's a great question because, you know, I think the really unique thing about business um, business coaching and marketing coaching that I do is, yes, I'm going to help you with some of the strategies and tactics that you need in terms of systems and creating processes in your business. But the biggest thing, because a lot of these individuals that I work with are solopreneurs, is actually their mindset. It's actually working with them to help them overcome any limiting beliefs that are holding them back right and a lot of times we think the reason we're not getting clients or we're not doing something is because of a tactic or a system in place but a lot of times there's so much more behind that and when we start to peel back the layers we're able to get to the really the stuff that actually is what's going to make you successful in business and life so we're able to get right down into you know the like the self-doubt people have the perfectionism people want to want to 
do, the, you know, the fear that holds us back from maybe going all in on the business or taking it to the next level or making that investment. So when we start to peel back those layers, that's when we get to the really good stuff. And that's where the biggest transformation happens. Because when you start to learn a process of how you can manage your mindset and your mind and approach things in a different way, that's when you change everything. Because you're not only learning, you know, some, some skills, you are learning a skill for a lifetime that you're going to apply not only in your business, but in your life. Um, and it makes huge, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And that's, that is like good advice coming from someone who's had so many jobs and done so many different things over your career. You've uh, definitely shown that skills can be transferable to many different areas. What's it like navigating these frequent job shifts? And uh, if that's something that you enjoy the constant change? I do. I love change. Um, do you know what? I think that, you know, I think I'm just a very, I'm a very multi-purpose, multi-passionate individual. And there's so many things that I, you know, gravitate towards. And for me, it, you know, looking back, it just always felt like the right next step. Like there, something would just open up and it would present itself. And I was like, yes, I think I need to go explore this and try it and shift. And, and so I just felt like, you know, opportunities open, doors open, and you have the opportunity to decide to go through that door or not go through that door. And sometimes it's amazing to go through the door and try something new right? Cause it, and then other times it's great to stay where you are and build within that. And I don't think there is, you know, any right answer or there's any right way to build your career or where you want to go. Right. And I often always, you know, say that to my students as well is like, you don't know what you don't know. So go try something. And the worst thing that can happen is that you decide to shift and change, give it some time, build your skill set, and really develop you as a, you know, you as the person that you are and the professional you want to be. All right. And finally, I have one more question for you. This is one that I like to ask everyone who comes on here um, and kind of segues well as you were saying there's no one right answer to these kinds of things but i'm curious on how you define success as an individual mm, good question um i think success i think for success for me is truly living into my fullest potential and so i also look at that for everyone because you know i think we as a society can get really focused on metrics right? We're like, how much engagement are we getting? Did we get enough views on something? You know, we look at it for like how many, you know, are we losing weight? Are we building muscle? Are we, uh, do we, how much money is in our bank account, right? Like we really look at metrics a lot, but we forget that there is in terms of us growing as humans and our potential, there is so much more than the metrics. And I find that people get really stuck in defining themselves on their outcomes and their goals and what they define as success. And I I truly believe that success is just living into your full potential because there is no end. There is no end to your own personal success or the success that you can have as an individual. It just doesn't stop. And so that's what I think is so exciting is like, what does that next version look like um, for my clients, for my students, for myself? And I think that that is what success truly is. That's amazing. And I love that focus of how it looks different for everyone. And here's really, yeah, no one right answer. It's a, uh... It's an idea I really like. That is everything I have today. I'd really like to thank you so much for taking the time to be here. And um, this was a really great conversation. So I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Oh, thank you. This was such a joy and such an honor. Thank you so much. I appreciated it.
Yeah, that was great. Thank you so much.